everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk, brought to you by co-lead pastor, Amos Grunendijk. Last week, we talked about uh, a very popular or famous passage that goes something like this, be still and know that I am God. Now, this is an invitation, not simply to spend a few minutes every day in silence or trying to tune in to God, but it's, it's more than that. It's an, it's an invitation uh, really to renounce the agendas that we have in our life. Some of us don't even know what the agendas are in our life. They're hidden uh, from us sometimes obvious to other people, but hidden from us. So to have any chance of truly being still and laying down our agendas, we have to do some self-reflecting, or as the Matrix taught us back in 1999, uh, you must know thyself. And uh, so to to understand kind of what your tendencies are, are you uh, prone to risk or against risk? Are you a fighter or a runner? Are you a people pleaser or someone who is very dominant? You know, there's all these kind of tendencies we have. And if God only ever sounds like us, or if God only ever affirms kind of what we already thought, there's a good chance that uh, you're just listening to yourself and not opening up to God's voice. And then uh, to know God is actually to experience God. Like there's an experiential knowing that kind of is is designed to help us understand or to, to connect with God in a way that leads us. So like whether we're just trying to hear God for the relationship and the friendship that we're seeking from him or whether we're trying to make decisions, these are some of the principles or filters that we want to apply. So we'll read from James 1 and uh, keep going on in this series. He says, this is probably Jesus' brother writing this letter to uh Christians who are scattered throughout the Roman Empire. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. That sounds pretty difficult, right? When troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. This is different than suppressing negative emotions. That's not what James is saying here. Uh, It's different than pretending that everything is okay. It's different than stuffing down the things that are hard or painful. What is he saying? He's saying, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. He seems to be saying actually the opposite of ignore the problems in your life. He's actually saying face head on and be honest about the difficulties in your life so that you can develop endurance. So verse four, let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete needing nothing. In other words, perfect and complete. You'll be whole. Like you cannot be whole. You will not be able to find joy in trouble unless you face your stuff. But you need more than that, actually. You need more than just, you know, a willpower or a courage to face your stuff. You need something else. Uh, This comes to us in verse 5. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God. That's a great modifier for God. If you don't understand that God is generous, you won't understand much about him. If you need wisdom to navigate your life, even when it's difficult, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, 
For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. So uh, I have a diagnosis. I, I don't want to scare anybody. It's a self-diagnosis, okay? Actually, that's overstating the case. Uh, it's a made-up diagnosis. Uh, I call it baby back. You know what baby back is? My back hurts. It hurts right there uh, from carrying my baby. Uh, I don't know if it's the, the, you know, they have these like kangaroo-type pouches that you can wear. I don't know if it's from the kangaroo pouch or from the, the carrier, but I have a pain in my back. Made-up diagnosis, baby back. Uh, some of you are experiencing different types of acute pain in your life right now. Some of it is physical. Much of it is emotional. Maybe it is that you're in conflict with somebody you love or somebody, as Allison was saying, maybe you're in conflict with somebody in your life group. You're trying to avoid certain people. Maybe it's family or friends who are estranged or who have uh, said things that are hurtful. Uh, maybe it's the people you love are just like kind of creating distance, uh, creating emotional distance between you and them. Like there's actually an opportunity here or an offer that God is making to you. When you are facing trouble, if you ask, I, he says, I will give you wisdom to help navigate. I will help you know what to do, like practically how to survive this pain that you have in your life. Uh, moreover, like to jump to the other side, God will direct you uh, in other ways as well, like in your dreams. So I realized I've been watching this show that's on CBS All Access. Can you guess what it is? It's a Star Trek uh, Discovery show. And I realized as I was watching it this week that my dreams are pretty simple. Uh, at, at, the, at the root of it, I just want to be a Starfleet captain. Uh, that's that's kind of where I hope my life is headed. I hope the spaceships get made by the time I come of age. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think this is why I've been setting up Alexas all over my house. And uh, if you have an Alexa, you know that you can either call it Alexa or you can say, Computer, you know, turn on the lights, and it listens, it obeys you. It's pretty cool. Uh, in fact, when I walk into my house, if I say, computer, captain on the bridge, you know what happens? All the lights come on on the main level. It's really amazing. Uh, but but some, of you, uh, some of you have more complicated dreams. Like my wife has much more complicated dreams than I do. Uh, and some of you, like, you have goals and dreams, and you're trying to figure out what they are maybe, and how to get there. And so God is also actually offering, like I, I'm, I actually know the best life for you. Like I, I know who you are, how you're wired, and I will guide you into that path. Uh, this reminded me of a story uh, from somebody actually right here in the room. Yes, he's in the room. And uh, one of the first times I sat down with him, he said, you know, I feel like God spoke to me about something. Uh, several years ago, kind of like testing me. Do I, you know, like I'm a pastor, but do you believe that God really speaks? I don't know if that's what he was doing or not, but that's what I was wondering. Um, but he, he was facing a problem several years ago where he had started a business and they had realized that there was something defective in the way that we were treating bones that were broken and needed to be healed. And can, this, his name is Doug and he puts it this way. 
These are his words. We saw a clinical problem that existing implants did not address. This meant that patients were not healing as expected. Our thought was to introduce movement into the healing process. Bones need to experience some motion to stimulate healing using metal plates and screws combined with reabsorbing polymers. So the polymers is what was new in, uh, in this enterprise. Next slide. I went about praying and thinking and praying some more about it. I kept thinking through it, but kept hitting dead ends. Then one night when I was laying in bed praying and going through the design mash, machinations, machinations. Um, he's, uh, are you an engineer as well as with medical? He's a, uh, yeah, whenever I ask Doug what he is, he's always like, I don't know. But he started a business and it's in the medical field. Um, then one night when I was laying in bed praying and going through the design machinations, I was about to drift off to sleep. This concept just quite literally popped into my head. It hit me with a jolt. My first thought was, that's it. I was super excited, but also super skeptical. I didn't want to be the one wrong this time. So much about Doug's language in trying to discern or figure out, uh, seek God for help, but then follow that guidance, I think is so right. He gets so many things right, and it's so honest, right? Uh, I didn't want to be wrong, which is a normal feeling when we feel like God has led us in a certain way. What if it wasn't God giving me this idea, but just something I conjured up, right? Because we've said there are other voices in our head. What if this is just, you know, blind optimism or a bad idea? Like it's, it's possible. He's putting what he believed he received from God through a filter and he's going he's gonna to test it a little bit and he's going to wait and see whether this really is from God. So what does he do? Uh, would it really work? It wasn't so far different from anything we've tried before or anything I'd ever seen. It was so far different. Did we have enough money to try it? Next. Would people think I was crazy for bringing this idea up? What would happen if this too didn't work? So I sat on the idea for several days, which I commend him for. Some people might say, well, he didn't have the faith to just jump on it. But this was like a big deal. This wasn't like a walk across the room and say hello to a stranger type of ask. This is the sort of thing that was going to cost like time and money and put like his family at risk because of all the energy and like there was a lot going on in this decision. So he didn't rush into it. And I would say just like as a general rule, if you feel like you're being rushed or pushed or, or like drug forward, I would question if that's God or not. Um, and so he, he kind of just sits and waits for several days, probably more like a week or two. I modeled it up and remodeled it. I spoke with some folks about it. Another great principle for testing as to whether this is God's will or not. It wasn't just a, I got this personal thing that God told me, and I'm just going to do it without asking anybody else's input. He had people in his life who he trusted, who he could trust to be honest with him. He went to them, and they gave input. That doesn't mean he followed everybody's input, and it doesn't mean he asked just anybody for it. But he didn't just like hide it from the world and go off on his you know, little quest to uh, build this thing, okay? Uh, da, 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 da. I, everyone agreed it was worth a shot. Long story short, in 2011, we received the newly made parts while we were on vacation in California. I still remember the moment myself and a friend tested it in the garage at the beach. It worked. It worked really well, and now it's being made for real, sold and implanted into patients. Pretty cool, right? Like, 
And it wasn't even, you know, it was over a long span of time. He was wrestling with God. He was crying out to God. He felt like God actually gave him a design that was different than they had tried, that was different than, um, than anything they had ever seen. And, and how did he know? Could he, could he prove that it was God's voice? He could not prove it. But there was reason enough for him to follow it because he thought, this doesn't sound like me, right? Like, this doesn't sound like the sort of thing that I would just conjure up. And it was in this place of, like, receptivity to what God was going to say. So, I want to look back at James here again to just guide us forward a little bit. Uh, James said, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea. Now, when I read that passage, uh, when I first read that passage, should, I should say, with the lens of, wow, God actually speaks to us today. I, I probably, uh, I, I applied it to my life in the wrong way. So what I started doing, maybe some of you have done this, is I started asking God yes or no questions. So at the time, we were looking for a place to plant a church. And so we were looking at these different cities. And so I would, do, I would sit and I would like, try to like focus on God really hard. And I would say things like, should we move to Traverse City, Michigan? And I would get like a yes, no, yes, no, wait, wait. Like it actually felt like I was getting tossed back and forth by the sea. And I think it's because I came to God, uh, I don't know, in the wrong way, in the right way. I don't want to put right and wrong against it, but it, it wasn't a helpful way because I misunderstood what this passage was saying. The passage is not saying like, if you feel like you receive something from God, like go with it, don't test it, whatever it takes, whatever you have to sacrifice, however dumb it sounds, just go and do it. It's not saying that. What it is saying is you need to put your faith in God, not in what you just believe that you heard or didn't hear from God. That actually, I think, can get really frustrating. Okay, putting your faith in God, what does that mean? Putting your faith in God is actually trusting that what God will lead you into and what God wants for your life is perfectly good and for your well-being and for your wholeness. You, can, you get that because as you read, he, he talks about like a divided heart. He said, if you, if you doubt or if you don't trust that God's will for you is good, then you have a divided loyalty. And that's actually, that's one of the ways that we talk ourselves out of what God is actually calling us into, right? So we get the sense that God is leading us to move to a certain place or take a certain job or date a certain person or marry a certain person, right? And what we will do is we will uh, try to talk ourselves into or out of things, so we feel like God is leading us a certain way. And instead of waiting and being still and pausing and giving God time to kind of work in our hearts, we will immediately come up with the five reasons why, you know, taking this job is good or five reasons why the, taking this job is bad, right? We'll, we'll talk ourselves in or out of things and, and essentially put our trust in ourselves or in the salary that's being promised instead of in the reality that God might ask us to do something that pays less, but that will be better for us. 
for reasons that we can't quite tell or can't quite see. One of the first times that I feel like God led me into a big life change was when at the very end of my uh, master's education, I was ready to take a church uh, that, that already existed. The great things about churches that already existed is that they pay salaries and there's people already there. Uh, it was in Willard, Ohio, which none of you know where that is because it's not really anywhere. But like in the course of 12 days, I had three people ask me the same question. Hey, have you thought about church planting? These people didn't know each other. Hey, have you thought about church planting? They w weren't even really in the same type of church. Hey, have you thought about church planting? And so the next step wasn't, well, I'm dropping everything in church planting. It was, I need to start thinking about church planting. I think God is trying to get my attention and I would have never chosen it for myself because, well, the reasons I gave were it's, we're newly married, Allison and I, it's going to be hard on our marriage. And I don't know what I'm doing because I'm young and dumb. And, uh, and what about the money? And all those things were very true, <laughs> right? Like that doesn't sound like the good life. And yet I think I grew as much in that time as any other time in my life. And the things that I've learned, I wouldn't, you can't put a price tag on. And the sorts of things, uh, the, the sorts of relationships, the sorts of, I don't know, experiences I had, like it was just, it was for my good. I just wouldn't have seen it that way. It felt like really hard and a huge sacrifice. But I gained way more than money in making that decision, way more. Um, I want to read one more verse down a few verses in James, uh, just because it's very interesting that these things get put together. He says, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word. Uh, this is actually the, if you know any Greek, I don't know why any of you would. Sorry, it's weird. It's, it's logos. Some of you have heard that word before. Uh, and so it just, it means something a little bit different than just read your Bible. Like read your Bible. In fact, when you feel like God is asking you to do something, make sure that it doesn't contradict the Bible because we believe that God like inspired uh, this book. But that's not what James is saying here. He's saying something that is a little more, I don't know what the word is. It's dynamic. It's subtle. It's, it's harder to pin down the uh, the word of God that he has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. It has the power to make you whole. And James uses this word filth. And I just think, wow, that is a, that is a powerful word. It's not exactly the same thing as evil, I don't think, right? Like we're, we're trying to, you know, orient our lives a certain way. And I don't think many of us would choose evil at least uh, purposefully. But this idea of filth, maybe, maybe it's not evil, but it's something that, that can, uh, can ruin your relationships that will mess you up. Uh, the thing about filth is filth stinks. And so filth can ruin your relationships, just like if you stink, that could ruin relationships too. Uh, but the interesting thing, right, is that you don't always know that you smell. Other people can smell it, but you don't always notice the first person to notice when I smell, I probably smell now because it's like hot on the stage and it was hot outside before. Like is my wife, the person who's closest to me smells me first, right? Is that a surprise to anybody in the room? No, it's not. But I, there's all sorts of things. There's all sorts of dirt. There's all sorts of smelly things that, that can actually get put on us. 
that we don't notice right away, but everybody else can see. The one thing I want to talk about just briefly is our insecurities. Because if there's anything in our life that will confuse us and that will drive our decisions that is not God, it is our insecurities. So often I see people saying, I've heard from God and they ask me to do this and I think, I think you're just living out of your insecurities. You're trying to prove something. So, I mean, I just want to ask you, what are you trying to prove? I mean, there's there's a hundred different answers to that. Maybe just a few answers might be, like, are you trying to prove your competence, your value or your significance, your trustworthiness? Uh, and then who are you trying to prove it to? Like a lot of you had things that were said to you by a parent or by a friend or by a teacher that have stuck with you and have caused you to believe that you're not smart enough, that you're not beautiful enough, that you're not valuable. And so those, those words have driven your decisions for years and for decades. And the idea is that in turning to God, he will actually help you get rid of all the filth that's in your life. And a step toward that is to forgive the person that said those hurtful things to you. Okay. Let's, let's now go back to the idea of trying to figure out, is this God or isn't it God? There's kind of like two extremes, right, in how we make decisions. On the one side, there's like pure logic. Again, I'm watching Star Trek right now, so I think like a picture of a Vulcan is appropriate. Uh, some of us, for some of us, it's not actually logic. For some of us, it's just emotion, right? Like we make decisions on pure emotion, right? We do what feels good or we do what we want to do uh, or whatever. But on the other side, like, and this is kind of what we all hope for, right? We hope that's Charlton Heston, old movie. The colors are funny because it was filmed in black and white and they like went in and colored it. I don't know. Has anyone seen this movie? The Ten Commandments? Yeah, so Moses over there on the left, he was actually given a pillar of fire, so that he knew where to go. Wouldn't that be great? Like a pillar of like, and then he was given tablets. So he knew what to do. And that all started because God spoke to him in a burning bush that wouldn't burn up. Like we all kind of are hoping for burning bush moments. And I feel like that maybe happens once or twice, maybe in a lifetime. I don't know. And even, even I would say, if we think we're having a burning bush moment, it actually falls somewhere in the middle of like, this needs to be tested. Like, man, this feels like God, and I'm pretty sure it's God, but I might just be fooling myself into thinking or believing that this is God, right? And so we have this big spectrum in the middle. And I think that if we're going to faithfully follow God, we actually don't want to live in either of the extremes. Like, we don't actually want to just lean on logic or just lean on our feelings. We want to lean uh, on a discernment process that tests whether we're hearing God's voice, you know, does this match his character, is this coming out of my insecurities? Perhaps a friend who will speak the truth to me will see whether or not I'm making this decision based on my insecurities or whether I'm actually living like in faith, right? By trusting that God's design for my life is a good one. And uh, there's, there's a word that I think I put up there in the middle. Oh man, that didn't come through right. It looked good on the slide and on my Mac. So PCs, or that's, that's even a Mac. I don't know. It's on PowerPoint anyway. Something got lost in the translation between Keynote and PowerPoint. Um, consolation. This is a word that I'm not going to talk about right now, but I'm going to let uh, 
a guy named Jared Boyd fill in. But to, to d deeply, not deeply, to, to quickly summarize, uh, the idea of consolation has to do with that inner peace. And you've heard people say, I just feel real peace about this. And it's not the same thing as saying, well, this seems easier, this seems, uh, this seems logical, or this seems right. Uh, it, it has to do with like something that's happening in your spirit, uh, something that's happening like not outside of your emotions or thoughts, but like above and, and below and inside of your emotions and thoughts. It's trying to figure out like, does this actually feel like God and where he's leading to me? You know, you, you turn off your emotions and thoughts, and I don't think that that's not what I'm saying either. But to come or to, to realize what God is doing in your life requires a, a discernment process that includes looking for places of consolation. What is consolation? Let's play that clip. Oh, wait, sorry, stop. After this, <laughs> after this, uh, Allison is back. She's working again after her maternity leave. She's going to come and lead you through like what we've been doing a spiritual practice or a spiritual exercise. So we haven't just been talking about hearing from God. We've been trying to do things that create space for God to actually speak to us. And so I'm going to go take the baby. <laughs> She's going to come up and lead you through a spiritual practice. And if this is something that you want to commit to doing, like again this week, you'll notice on the connect card, there's like just a little checkbox. It's a way to say like, yeah, I'm going to try this at least one more time. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.